Hi guys, welcome again to the Macros Bodybuilding and Powerlifting Podcast with myself, Steve Hall, and Mark Newcomb. Say hi, Mark. Hey guys. So today we are talking about um, basically our training, what we're doing right now. Um, I believe, well, both of us are, well, it's, it's summer here in the UK, um, and we've recently had a heat wave, which has been real killer because both me and Mark are massing, bucking, gaining weight, uh, lean gaining, whatever you want to call it. We are putting on muscle at the moment, probably and definitely some fat as well, uh, because that comes with the territory. And that's what we're going to be talking about to you guys today. Um, kind of what our approach is right now, kind of rates of gain, what our training's looking like, what our nutrition's looking like, supplementation, we're trying to cover everything. And also how that has changed from the past, because for myself, I know I've gone from, I've done the folk, as Alan Aragon calls it, the fat bulk, where you just gain all the weight. Um, and I, I thought I was doing it cleanly as well, because I was eating clean foods. And I learned my lesson and didn't do that again. And then I have also done long, very long, almost gaining type bulks, uh, where I've basically been, I think I bulked for a good two years. Um, and that was very long and progressive. And now my approach has changed somewhat again. Um, and I think I found a sweet spot for kind of my training advancement right now. And yeah, I'm, I think both me and Mark have just said before we're talking and we're seeing the best results we've seen in a long time and feeling really, really good and happy about how things are going. So, uh, if Mark, you want to talk about a bit kind of how your approach right now looks different to how you approach it in the past, or just talk about kind of where you, how you used to do things in the past. Yeah, no problem. So obviously I have a slightly different background to a lot of people, whereas I've never had an extended hypertrophy phase, really. Um, so most of my trainings came from um, me being really overweight, as, as people maybe know by now. And the gym was just a way of losing weight and doing it over a kind of sustainable, um, longer time. So to be honest, this is this is really the, the first time that I've properly set up both training and nutrition for specific hypertrophy and um, obviously with resistance training um, even though I, I've, I've been dieting in the past I've, I've accumulated some muscle um, but yeah I just I just felt like it was time to commit to a, a massing block and just put on some size so everything's set up for that um, I am overeating at the moment although I did have a drop in weight this week um, so that's interesting. We'll have to maybe adjust the calories a little bit, um, make sure they're make sure they're up. But yeah, just just making sure that the weight's going up nicely. Um, I'm not being too conservative about it, if I'm being honest. So I felt like you know I I actually done your mini cut, um, which is a really good starting point for me. I felt like I was lean enough to go a little bit more aggressive with things than some people might. Um, so right now, I don't feel weight gain's a huge issue. 
um, or, or um, fat gain is a huge issue, um, especially in the first walk. I just want to really make sure that I am gaining muscle, first and foremost. Um, and to be honest, if I, if I gain a little bit of body fat along the way, uh, especially in this specific mess cycle right now, then I almost don't mind that so much. Um, I'm just making sure that muscle is building. Um, I've got the energy to progressively overload um, and just make the training as, as effective as and get as mo- get the most gains that I can for now. Cool. So yeah, I mean, obviously your starting point was very different to my starting point in that yeah. you started off overweight and had to lose it and actually probably gain some muscle at the same time as when you're a new new kind of trainer, you can gain muscle and lose fat at the same time. Um, I don't believe the pathways are kind of scientifically known, but we see it enough in real life for it to be known. And I, I think it's something to do with the fact that you're holding on to fat so you can use that energy store to build muscle. Yeah. Um, and that's essentially how that kind of works. But past that newbie stage, it's not going to happen. Um, and I started the gym really, really lean. Um, I say really lean, really skinny. I'm being a bit of kind to myself. Like skinny as a rake, you'd see all my ribs. Um, it was, uh, people thought like, I don't know. I didn't look anorexic necessarily, but I was very skinny. So I, when I actually did my first ever purposeful gaining period, um, it wasn't for ages. I used to just train and like, I used to train, get newbie gains, and then I got nowhere because yeah. I didn't know anything about what I needed to do nutrition wise. Um, and so I only actually saw any productive results in terms of increased muscle mass um, like we both touched on and past your first few months of training you really need to give yourself that calorie surplus Um, without it you just you don't have the building material to produce any more kind of mass it's like having an extension having a load of builders outside and not giving them any of the raw materials to build with it's like having your training but then none of the nutritional side to augment that training and give it something. Um, so Mark, you talked about you're not too concerned about how much kind of weight you're gaining at the moment. Um, sort of surplus you in, what is, what, do, you, do you have an idea or how are you tracking things? Yeah, so I, I mean, I would, you know, there's no real um, right or wrong way to do this, but when the mini cut finished I had a spell of about two or three weeks of kind of maintaining that body weight um, it did increase slightly just with the increase of probably carbohydrates um, there was more water in the body um, so the scale did go up but I, I, I maintained a kind of lean physique for two or three weeks really nailed the weight down and then around that time the training was set up was, um, I think, is it, is Lyle McDonald call it like that, a hardening phase where rep ranges were kind of like on the lower end. Um, I just kind of focused on feeling strong uh, for a few weeks. Then uh, from there, I just added uh, like 250 calories to my day. Um, to the, to the daily numbers that I was on at the time and just kind of monitored it over the first week, second week and just kind of seen how it went. Um, interestingly, 
I didn't gain any weight for the first two weeks. And again, I think that was just because um, you know, I was eating more. I was probably more active just because I had more energy. Um, I was training a lot harder as well. So the weight didn't really do anything. Even though I was on 250 more calories a day, the weight didn't really budge. So I had to really push things up. Um, and now I'm eating more food than I've eaten in years. I'm really enjoying it. Um, just enjoying the process and safe in the knowledge that I am feeling my body su- sufficiently for building muscle, um, which is mm-hmm. which is my main goal just now. I'm pretty much I do like the kind of um, um, the rule of specificity and where that if that's my goal for now, then I'm going to make sure that I've got control of as many factors as possible to give me the best results in this time period. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people don't realize that your maintenance intake is dynamic. And so, for example, I was maintaining on 3,000 calories, uh, which is nice. Um, But then when I added 250 calories on top of that, I did just start gaining. So my maintenance intake didn't really change, whereas I've had clients who maintain on maybe 3,000 calories, I give them 250 extra, and they just ramp up their, normally it's neat, uh, their training volume obviously ramps up. Um, so for yourself, like, some people just seem to absorb the extra calories, so their actual maintenance shifts up as you feed them more. Yeah. Um, you have to gradually build that up, because obviously we, we do want to be assertive um, a lot of the time, especially now I'm kind of more advanced and kind of it's harder to gain muscle, you kind of have to force it on yourself a little bit. Um, because it's it's easy to get fall fall into the trap of not actually seeing any weight change, um, mm. because one week it could fluctuate up, one week it could fluctuate down. But if it's only by small amounts, then like you could by the end of the month they have gone up and down and up and down, and then by the end of the month stayed the same, which yeah. to me feels like a, a real problem uh, in that you've wasted time training really hard but not actually have changed and you basically maintained a physique and you haven't got probably much stronger either because you're specifically training with higher volumes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we have to be assertive, but not too assertive that you're kind of, obviously you know if you're being too assertive in that you're going to be stuffed all the time eating the wrong kind of junky foods. Yeah. We still try and keep that 80-20 type of rule, a wholesome, 20% bit junky, what you like. And that becomes larger as you're gaining weight. Um, but you don't want to gain, like I said, I did the folk, the fat bulk, where I was in a surplus. It must have been a horrendous surplus. I was somewhere around 140 pounds, eating 4,000 calories, crazy amounts of protein. And I was, I was disappointed if I didn't gain half a, half a stone in a week. I was disappointed if I didn't gain that much. I was under the impression I could gain muscle mass like there was no tomorrow. Um, and you, you, you can't force feed it. You can't force feed gains. Uh, there's definitely a limit to how fast you can gain muscle. Uh, and I was a pure example of that. Uh, fortunate for me, it was after a layoff. So I had an accident and then I ate up. And so my body was kind of muscle memory and things like that were playing in my favor. Um, yeah. But I still managed to gain a heck of a lot of fat in a short period of time. Um, but yeah, definitely 
calorie surplus is required. And for myself, I like, I kind of aim for 0.25% to 0.5% of my total body weight per week. Yeah. Um, but it's, I don't always track that on a week per week basis. I try and look at two like we said, body weight fluctuates all over the place. You might have lost weight one week, but then it goes up the next week. And so long as in that two week average compared to the last two week average, it's up. I'm pretty happy. And I probably prefer to push towards the 0.5%. don't know what's going on. Um, I even know for this week, for example, and whenever I have clients go through an overreaching phase um, in which they're pushing high volumes, they're very sore, this inflammation is through the roof. Um, they're holding on to more water because of the inflammation, which causes a weight to spike up sort of last week, which would be a bit fast, um, potentially. But I know that next week when I'm deloading, I mean, the soreness is going to reduce. So that's going to be a much better. Um, so Mark, you talked about specificity in terms of your training with higher volumes, um, whereas beforehand when you were maintaining weight, it was kind of lower volumes, intensity was higher. Uh, what does your training plan look like at the moment? How many times a week are you going? What sort of kind of rep ranges are you following? Cool. Yeah. Um, so I've got a five-day split at the moment where um, try and hit every body part twice a week. Um, it's Monday to Friday just because that's my preference. Um, have the weekend off to do things with the family. So Monday I would have a full upper body day and that whole day is based around compound lifts. So there's bench press, barbell rows, it's all compoundy stuff. Um, then I've got two lower body sessions, a chest and back session and an arms and shoulders day. Um, it's, a, it's a split that I I really, one, I enjoy it a lot. Um, I mean, the arms and shoulders day is really fun. And <laughs> I can I, I recover very well from that program. So by the time, um, if, I do, if I do my upper body on Monday, um, I'm refreshed, I'm ready for Tuesday's lower body session. And then by Wednesday, I'm completely fresh again to train kind of chest and back well. So not only do I enjoy it, I recover very well, which is important because I can then perform well during the session. So um, it's, it's fairly balanced at the moment, but there has been times in the past where I've maybe on the chest and back day, I've, I've maybe run a block of like chest specific chest and back day. So I've, I've up the volume with chest or up the volume in my back or whatever. Um, well, yeah, that, that's the kind of split at the moment. And like I said, I usually try and have the weekend off just because it's my preference. It's like kind of suits my lifestyle. I've obviously got a young family that I, that I enjoy spending time with over the weekend. And um, yeah, I kind of just take it as it comes and, and really enjoy the program at the moment. What about yourself? Uh, so yeah, my training is similar. I, five times a week, I find... I really, really enjoy it. Ever since my contest when I was doing, I was doing an upper lower, upper lower, upper lower, upper lower. So six times a week, one day off. And it kind of burnt me out. Um, it was good during contest prep to burn a lot of energy. Uh, but after live and like build a business, be with my girlfriend, 
um, yeah. and enjoy life a bit more. It's really nice having the five day split, like so nice to have the weekends off and not have to worry about it. And I think a lot of people get caught up in being rec- like they don't think they're going to be recovered enough to train that many days in a row, but you are, um, you definitely are. Um, so my split is looking, I follow an upper lower, upper lower, and then kind of full body ish. But I tag on a tiny bit of uh, a tiny bit of hamstring and calves on that day. So I am actually running a specialization block. So I am targeting. I have sucky lateral delts or medial delts, side delts, whatever you want to call them. Um, so I'm specialising on shoulders and lats, and specifically back, um, and then hamstrings and calves. Uh, so on my, I essentially have like a focus day for each of them. So yeah. on my first upper body day, it's like vertical push and pull focus. So I focus on um, vertical pulling and pushing. And then the next day is hamstring focus. Next day is horizontal pushing and pulling. Um, and then have a quad focus day where I focus on squatting. And yeah. then the final day is kind of my specialization day where I again hit my shoulders, my lats, my hamstrings, and my calves. My calves actually being trained every single day. Um, I think you touched on an important point in that you feel recovered from each session. um, And that's something called kind of like the stress response adaption curve. So how long does a particular body part take to recover and how much stress you want to give it? Having my focus days where I actually also hit my other body parts. So like on my hamstring focus day, I also hit my quads. I ensure my hamstrings get hammered, but then on the next lower body day, they're not fully recovered, but they're getting hardly any volume. Whereas my quads are fully recovered because they got hardly anything on the hamstring focus day. So then I pound them there. Um, I find that really works well. Um, and then calves, I don't know what is about my, like my calves are stubborn. Um, and I have very high inserts or I say very high. Um, (laughs) they seem to recover like nothing calves, abs, they just seem to recover. Um, something I was going to ask you actually, what's your kind of rep range looking like at the moment? So most of the training is the kind of eight to 12. Don't really have anything much lower than that. I do. It's funny you mentioned you've got a, you've got a quad kind of dominant day and a hamstring dominant day. Um, my training's kind of split up where I've got a squat day and a deadlift day. Um, and on the deadlift day, I I do I never deadlift for high reps. And I, I know that kind of contradicts what I say about rule of specificity and um however having gone you know having and it goes kinda of, it kinda of goes back to being ill again in that I was really, really weak. And for some reason um, when I deadlift, I only really deadlift, you know, three to five, six reps sometimes, and it's just it's just to really make me feel strong, mm-hmm. and I just really enjoy it. So that's the that's the only um, exercise that I that I go or or I'm in a lower rep range at the moment. Everything's kind of six to twelve reps, with some if I if I do cable flies maybe they go to 15, more isolation work, but mm-hmm. that's, that's at the end of the session. Most of the stuff, 6 to 12, typical kind of hypertrophy rep ranges, um, but I just really, really enjoy, there's just something awesome about 
lifting a heavy weight off the floor, um, which is which is really enjoyable for me. So I always keep them in, regardless of my plan. And again, it kind of contradicts what I said, but that's just how I like to program. And I think that's you know more than anything is the biggest thing for people is finding something that they enjoy and that they look forward to. So I'm actually training lower body today and I'm really looking forward to it rather mm-hmm. than kind of dreading the session. I know that I'm going to wait to do deadlifts. And yeah, I'm really excited about it. So I think more than anything, that would probably be something that people want to think about is just, you know, are you actually enjoying your program before you're getting too complicated with things? And as you advance, mm-hmm. Like I said, you know, you, you're now an experienced lifter. You've probably got to think about things a little bit more than other people. Um, but, you know, first and foremost, are you enjoying your program? Um, because then if you, if you enjoy it, you're going to get so much more out of it. I guess it comes back to what you actually said before. It's like, um, I think it's the most instructive, Muscle and Strength Pyramid by Eric Helms, and the base of that pyramid was adherence, yeah. um, or maybe even surrounded the whole thing. I'm not completely sure. I can't remember. Um, or periodization might have surrounded the whole thing. Something like that. Adherence very important. Um, it was like if you can't adhere to your program, if you don't enjoy it, you're not going to stick to it. Um, and yeah, I'm like yourself. I first of all, I I pretty much enjoy any program so long as I've got it there to do. Yeah. Um, and I can see that it's kind of there's progressive overload involved and I, it makes sense. I can almost find anything um, really, really good. And I think I've been a bit of a sucker for sticking to some lifts that I love so much. And sometimes they've helped me back a little bit. And I think, like you said, as you get more advanced, sometimes you do just have to give them up, um, especially when you really want to grow. Um, so if people aren't aware, kind of the fact that everyone who's done a deadlift knows they absolutely knack you out and the stronger you get at deadlifting the more they take out of you so I know when I'm doing a strength like a strength block on my deadlift day I can't really do much else in that workout I do my heavy deadlifts they're like two around 200 kilos and when I do those and I go pretty hard I just I can't really handle doing much else um, and I don't have the energy for it or the drive um, but I have done hypertrophy blocks like yourself and put in a conventional deadlift. Um, I enjoy them, but I know they hold me back a little bit in terms of like how much volume I can do. So I'm deadlifting at the moment, but I'm doing a Romanian deadlift, uh, which is a beast all together, uh, rips my hamstrings to shreds. Um, so when we talked about specificity and kind of, we talk about the traditional hypertrophy rep range, so there have been studies, obviously, like Brad Schoenfeld and um, have seen that basically powerlifters and bodybuilders, so long as volumes matched, they get the same results. Yeah. What kind of what are your views on that sort of thing? And what, why would you then focus on a hypertrophy rep range when you like lifting heavy? Why wouldn't you just lift heavy if it gives the same results? Yeah, just just because. So yeah, I think um, volume. Muscle adaptations has been shown to be the same when, sorry, hypertrophy muscle adaptations have been shown to be the same if volumes matched. Um, however, if you know if I was going to do all my work in the lower rep ranges to get that volume, 
um, I would be knackered. I maybe couldn't recover the same for the next sessions. I certainly wouldn't be going in the next day as fresh as I am at the moment. Um, and then just just the time that I've got to train as well. So I'm, I'm pretty busy, you know. I work online with clients. I work one-to-one with clients. I just don't have the time to be in the gym that long and kind of take the rest periods it would be required to do everything in that lower rep range. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think, yeah, volume, as long as volume's matched, of course, that, that could be an argument. But um, by going a little bit lower with the weight, a little higher rep ranges, you can accumulate that volume without beating yourself up too much. Um, on, yeah. Yeah. That's exactly, I mean, I don't know if you've read the study or it sounds like you, you know the study and I know you do. Um, the, the, the powerlifters basically got beat the hell up and were in the gym for ages, whereas the bodybuilders were finding it easy and could have taken on like, way more. And you touched on a great point in that, yeah, when volumes matched, fine, but they haven't matched time in the gym, they haven't matched effort in the gym. Yeah. If they were to match those two things, then the bodybuilders would do way more volume. And then as we've seen, especially recently, Brad Schoenfeld released, I think it was a meta-analysis with James Krieger. It's like, uh, as far as they know, 10 sets plus, and they don't know how many more sets would see better results. Anything yeah. 10 more, like 10 would be the lowest amount you'd want to go in terms of kind of seeing vo- like uh, hypertrophy increases. Up to 10 sets, there was always more hypertrophy experience. And then they don't know more than 10. Um, at the moment, actually, how many are you? How are you progressing, like week to week? How are you focusing on that? Are you increasing weight, reps, uh, sets? Yeah, so I, I kind of prioritize um, weight increases at the, or, or rep range increases at the moment. Um, but I do have weeks where, so like the first week typically might be. I always, I always like to have a kind of, it sounds stupid because I'm in the gym all the time, but like, an, like an, almost an introduction week into the, the program. So I kind of just go in, um, I get a rough idea of um, weights, kind of RPE that I'm going to be in that block. And then really the second week might be just, for example, uh, three sets of 10 or 12. And then, or three sets of 10, next week, three sets of 12. Next week, three or four sets of 10. The week after that, three or four sets of 12. So, and I guess I haven't really, I haven't only used that as well. I've kind of, there's been loads of ways for of progressively overloading. Sometimes um, it's just been a case of running a block and just making sure that I'm somewhere in there, um, the volume's increased each session. So I have actually, I've gone through blocks where I've, I've actually tracked the amount of volume lifted um, and just made sure that I was doing more the next time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's, there's there's a few different ways I've played around with trying to make sure that I'm that I'm doing more uh, all the time. However, there is, there are of course times when um, it doesn't happen. Some days you go in the gym and you, you don't lift, you don't progress. But again, you've got to remember that, um, you know, especially with hypertrophy or strength gains, it's it's going to be over like a chronic period of time again where you're trying to accumulate volume over time. Not necessarily 
over every session. And I think if you're, you know, if you're, you might be undulating your programming so that you're kind of, um, if you feel kind of really beat up one day, um, then you, you obviously you're not going to accumulate the same volume as the session before. Or just just to look at things over the week or month rather than that specific session. Um, I think people put a little bit too much pressure on themselves trying to nail more volume and more weight every session in every session, and particularly like the the ten disc club, so the ten kilo disc club where every session they go and have to add another ten kilogram uh, disc to the bar, which is insane. Like if you were going to add ten kilos to your bench press every session, then um, yes, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, but you know, yeah. So there's there's loads of ways you can you can measure progress and um yeah just just making sure that the the volume is progressively overloaded is what I would be focusing on over time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think yeah, loads of people get lost, they get confused, and they may even be listening to this and being lost and confused. But yeah. at the end of the day, to grow muscle, you have to be doing more than what you're doing now in the long term so you don't have to be doing more next session you don't have to be doing more next week but by next month the month after that you should be doing more maybe it's more weight maybe it's more reps maybe it's more sets whatever it is you need to be providing your body more stress so that it has to adapt to get stronger and i think a lot of people i see it on social media all the time where kind of people like us who are fitness professionals get kind of a bit shouty and they get annoyed because it's like why are all these young kids trying to find out all these like specific programming, specialization, periodization methods, when all they need to do is go and lift in the gym and push hard, like actually lift and push yourself hard. And you see, like, I know when I was younger, there was guys in the gym who, and I see them now, they don't know what they're doing, but they are working themselves into the bone. They are pushing hard, not necessarily all the time, or actually a lot of them do do it all the time, and they're probably on some sort of drugs, but, they're, they're pushing hard and that that's the key you need to provide a, st- a stimulus to be able to adapt and progress forward and that's the key with training and it's like nutrition you need to provide that calorie surplus without the calorie surplus and the increased stress you're not going to see gains in muscle mass um you just won't that's as about as simple as it gets um mark in terms of your nutrition how where have you brought these calories from are you having more fats protein carbs how does it differ from when you're kind of in the mini cut or kind of at maintenance? Where do you get it from? Are you very strict with it or do you macros or do you kind of just eat and stuff yourself? No, no. Um, I've been there. I've, I've done that stuff myself approach in the past. Um, didn't work out. So, yeah, I, I stay away from that. And, yeah, I do track. I'm kind of... I'm kind of um, I track everything actually. Um, I've tracked my intake for years now. Um, to be honest, uh, you know, some people have said it's it, you know. I guess it's kind of it's, it's borderline. Some people could argue it's borderline disorder. I guess. Um, What's your streak? My streak. Uh, ooh, I don't know. Where's my phone? I will have my to. Fit, I'll, my I'll, fitness pal streak. That's all any, anyone cares about. <laughs> I'll post my streak up. What's your streak? I actually, I I get likes all the time on my. I think I know it's over a thousand. Um, 
which is ridiculous. Right. And I know I've tracked more than that. Um, yeah. yeah, I think, yeah, carry on, Mark. Yeah, so I, I wanted to see if I could beat you. you a thousand probably beating me for sure. Um, but yeah, even when, even in a surplus, even when I'm not trying to lose weight, I still, I still like to be in control of my nutrition and how much weight um, I'm gaining. So, um, yeah, I, I give myself a range. I'm not, I'm not too rigid with it. I've got a range of macros that I, that I hit, and as long as I'm kind of in between that range. Um, to be honest, most of my intake is carbohydrates because that's my preference. I prefer, if if I was to look through my um, my diet, then most of my foods are kind of carbohydrate-based foods rather than high-fat foods. So that's what I enjoy to eat. Um, so the things like you know, I I prefer to have, um, I prefer to have some fruit salad or or something rather than. Putting oil over my vegetables, and um, I just prefer carbohydrates. So, yeah, the brunt, of the, the brunt of the calories come from carbs, and yeah, I just I track. But even if uh, you know in the surplus, I'm still tracking. Even if I'm if I'm out, I'm tracking loosely. I'm always kind of eyeballing stuff. And you know, some people say it, it, it could be a pain, or or does it ever get um, like how could I be bored with that? But it's really it's second nature now, and I'm almost. Even without my phone, I could I could probably put my phone off and still have a rough idea of my intake. Um, just by and I'm pretty boring as well. I kind of tend to have the same foods a lot. Um, mm-hmm. So it's what that does as well for for myself. And this is this is per, this is more important when you're when you're in a a cutting phase would be to um, the majority of my diet, even though I'm gaining muscle, is it's still the kind of whole, minimally processed, nutrient dense, fresh foods. So, the chances of that foods being inaccurate um, are less. So, and just because I eat these foods a lot during the day or during the week, and the same kind of stuff all the time, yeah, I've always got a rough idea in my head what I'm having, whether I actually put it into my fitness pal or not, which, mm-hmm. which I still do anyway. Uh, so yeah, but I think you know when you're you don't have to be so rigid with things when you're when you're in a surplus that, that there's there's that there is room for that um, kind of marginal error. Whereas if I was going to be dieting, then things would be tightened up significantly. Having said that, still do track pretty closely, um, kind of year round. I am the same, yeah. <laughs> given my over a thousand, I just looked, it was 1,255, 1,255 days <laughs> tracked, or I say tracked, logged into my fitness pal. I haven't necessarily tracked every day because obviously that covers like two or three Christmases. Um, yeah. And I don't really like the idea of people like birthday macros, macros go out the window or Christmas macros go out the window. I, I think you're the same with me as, with this mark in that macros still count, the calories still count, there's no getting kind of round that. Um, if you're obsessing about hitting macros to the T on Christmas or your birthday, then maybe if you're not like competing in a bodybuilding show in a couple of weeks, you're taking it too far and you probably have a bit of an eating disorder. But 
for the majority of us, like yourself, I track most of the year. Uh, I track all the time. Um, I don't find it stressful. I find it very easy to log into my fitness file. I eat, most people eat very similar foods day to day. And for me, mostly it's accountability. Um, if I don't sign in, I will probably eat in a deficit because I've got those fat phobic, skinny, wannabe skinny um, kind of tendencies. And so I know I'll be like, oh, I've probably eaten too much in that bowl of cereal. I'll have to like, reduce the amount I'm having later. Whereas if I can track, and just even really be quite flexible with it. Like just I eyeball my vegetables. I don't track my sauce or I track it, but I just eyeball it. Yeah. Things like that. It's so much, so much like easier. And it's, if I was to tra track strictly year round yet, I couldn't do it. It would be an eating disorder. Um, but when you're bulking, which is the majority of the time, which comes to a question I'm going to ask you, Mark, um, you can be, you, you're, you can be nice and flexible, like your flexibility cutting maybe is here, down here, like bulking, it's up here. Um, and then when you go on holiday, you have like spikes of freedom. Um, but yeah, in terms of time-wise, Mark, how long are you intending to spend in this gaming phase or do you have like a cut-off point or anything like that? Yeah, so, okay, so not necessarily actually. And it's something that I might I'm, I might not recommend this to other people in terms of I, I like to be or I usually like to have specific periods of time where I'm where I'm where I'm gaining weight or uh, when I'm losing weight um, or I'm maintaining and I'm a very visual person so I might even have like a spreadsheet with different colours and. Um, whatever I'm doing so if I'm, if I'm cutting the they'll be in green if I'm trying to maintain my weight it might be in yellow for that over that spreadsheet but for the moment because and again this just comes back to me as an individual you know this is not something I'm recommending to anyone else but I feel like because I was kind of robbed of a few years and um, training and um, getting really big and putting on lots of weight not really having that that bro time where I'm just getting my arms bigger, getting my chest bigger. I almost feel like I'm playing catch up. Um, and it's, it's it, it might sound really kind of anal or vain, but I really just feel like I need to get, I really want to have more muscle than I've got at the moment. It's quite frustrating to me that um, I've missed out on this time. Um, and as a fitness professional, you know, I, I just want to, you almost get here, I want to look the part. Um, so I haven't limited my gaining phase and all I'm going to do is kind of just monitor as I go um, and if I feel like I'm starting to be unhappy with how I feel or if I feel uncomfortable um, I, would, I would probably look to go into a, a slight mini cut again um, just like I've done with yourself because I really like that idea of not spending too long um, dieting. I think if I I don't think I'd be looking to go into an extended dieting period for the foreseeable future anyway. It's just it's not in line with my direct goals. Um, in fact, it would be it would be directly negative of my goals at the moment. So I haven't limited the time period. I'm just going to see how it goes and just enjoy the process. And yeah, once I, once I feel like I can't get my jeans on anymore, I'll maybe back it off a little bit. <laughs> To be honest with you, I just, I just really feel good. And 
body image is something that although I, although I it's kind of, I keep contradicting myself. Although I say that I I want to be I want to have I want to be bigger and stronger. My body image is not something that I'm too concerned about. So as long as as long as I'm feeling comfortable, and um, as I said at the start of the podcast, I'm I'm perfectly happy gaining a little bit of body fat if I know I'm getting the benefit of um, muscle gains. Mm -hmm. Nice. Well, that definitely shows that what my point was going to be in that your time spent in a gaining phase is always going to outlast the time you're spent cutting, especially if, like you said, you're not looking to do long extended dieting phases. Yeah, yeah. Um, probably what you'd recommend for others, if, I, if I'm going to pull these words out of your mouth, is that I guess you'd like people to generally, and you probably would when you said not being able to put your jeans on, it's probably the point at which you basically don't look lean anymore. You've got no sort of definition. You almost look like you don't lift, you've gone past the other the other side and you're not happy to gain any more weight. Yeah. Um, and it definitely comes down to um, in that how happy are you to gain, but also really 15%, 25% for females, your proportion of weight gained shifts in favor of fat and comes away from lean muscle tissue. So it makes sense to stay a bit leaner. So for myself, I'm probably around 13% right now. I intend to stay bulking for like four months. I really am like yourself, really want to gain some muscle mass. Yeah. More so from a vanity standpoint or competitive standpoint in that I'm going to step on stage again and I want to look noticeably different to the last time I stepped on stage. I want to be leaner. I want to be bigger. And the only way I can do that is if I spend the majority of my time gaining weight um, yeah. and that is part of my problem was that I was gaining weight after my show but so slowly and like I did a mini cut when I was probably still too lean and these things build momentum and like you said it takes a while to get the, the, the ball rolling with mass gaining so people who go through like week month periods of mass gaining it's not long enough you need months upon months so yeah four months is what I'm hoping to run for um, and by the end of that, I want to be nice and hefty. I don't want to be fat necessarily, but I want to be hefty. I think a lot of guys get a bit too obsessed with the washboard abs, um, and that holds them back. When in reality, most people see you in a t-shirt. If you have washboard abs and you're gaining weight, or not even gaining weight, you're cutting all the time, people will look at you and think you don't lift. Whereas if you're gaining most of the time, you look big in a t-shirt, maybe you don't have the washboard abs, don't lift up your t-shirt, you look like you lift. Like, it comes down to that and I think people get a bit too worried about they don't understand a lot of them the, the long process that takes um, and is what is involved with like gaining size um, which is really important yeah I think what, what you said is, is really important and I, I want to make sure that people are, are clear about that is um, when, I, when I said that I'm not concerned about um, gaining body fat it's, it's because I'm, I'm I am quite lean at the moment, so um, yeah. If I'm gaining weight, it's it's slightly more favorable favorable to be lean body mass. Um, if I did push up that fifteen percent limit, um, I would be backing it off, um, just because, like you said, then it does shift, and you might you might be seeing weight increases, which is okay. It's fair enough, and um, there will be hypertrophy there. 
but the majority of that weight will most likely be fat at that higher body fat range. So yeah, I am quite lean at the moment and I'm perfectly comfortable and that's why it's not so much of an issue for me at the moment. Um, however, if, and I, I guess it does come down to like how a person feels as well, that's, that's perfectly fine. However, it's still worth considering that regardless if you feel comfortable being 18, 20% body fat or not, you have to know that you are probably not in the most or, or the best environment for gaining muscle and you should you'd be doing yourself a favor if you just kind of bit the bullet got a little bit leaner um mm -hmm. and and kind of went again rather than keep pushing for that gains when it's probably going to be body fat and then it's going to make your cut even harder as well which means you're going to have to go on a, a longer diet and all that you know it kind of just it's like it's like it's like the spin, spinning the wheels kind of um it's, just, it's much the same as that and you're not you're kind of getting diminishing returns um because then you're, you're then gonna have to go on a huge diet and all that time could have been spent kind of uh lean gaining so yeah lots to consider that's so true as well it's like the opposite to gaintaining in that if you gain you probably just maintain. You don't provide enough stimulus to grow. If you just fill on dirty bulk, then okay, you've gained loads of muscle, but you've gained so much fat that you're gonna have to cut off that you're probably gonna cut off a load of that muscle at the same time. And so in the end, both results find that sweet middle ground, uh, which is what we're both trying to do. Um, yeah. And it's, we sit like, it's not this tiny little middle ground. There's a fairly decent range that you can land within. Um, and I, yeah, I like most to gain 0.5 to one pound per week. It's just an easy measurable target, um, yeah. to go for. So in summary, what would your number one gaining tip be, Mark? If you could give one person like a, a, a few sentences of advice for their kind of, if someone was looking to gain muscle and they weren't sure where to start. Other than getting a coach. <laughs> <laughs> other than other than employing a coach, um, yeah, I would say just make sure you've got a rough idea of your your calorie intake. So nowadays, you know, you've got you've got an abundance of online calorie counters that will give you just a kind of ballpark figure. Um, I would be track your food for a few weeks, hit every body part twice a week with. Um, with a training plan that's progressive but enjoyable at the same time. Um, yeah, look for that kind of half a pound pound increase per week. Um, monitor and adjust. If you're not seeing that increase or if you're losing weight, then I, I and I know you like this as well. I really like the kind of hundred calorie a day rule. So if mm -hmm. you're not seeing the, the if you're not seeing the increase that you, you would like, um, increase your calories by a hundred a day. Probably from carbohydrates, if you like myself, um, and then that's going to be enough, possibly, to start the weight increasing, but not enough so that you're kind of going to spill over and gain loads of weight really quickly. So, yeah, that that would be how I would set things up for for probably most people, unless um, they're 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 more advanced and they need a little bit more. Um, detail but for for general pop then that would be i think that would be a fairly 
decent start. No, yeah, I definitely concur that. Get a coach, buy Get Big Staline, join Get Big Staline, the group coaching. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, in, in all seriousness, it can be as simple as make sure you're eating a calorie surplus, so track your weight, get in a decent hit of protein, train muscle groups twice a week, and try and improve every week um, as much as you can. And that's a good starting point for most people who have been training a while. If kind of there's other ex- extenuating circumstances we could do whole podcasts on um, people that's their main the main things they want to get nailed down uh, I think that'll probably do us on mass gaining I think people probably got a good insight into what how we're approaching it our kind of views on it um, and yeah is there anything you want to leave to say Mark or all good there no I'm all good um, yeah covered covered everything yeah happy Sweet. So if uh, people want to uh, give us topics to cover next week, we'll be doing this a weekly thing. So please let us know. And yeah, let us know how you're enjoying it. I do intend to get this on iTunes eventually. It's just a matter of me knuckling down and putting time towards it. It will happen. Uh, And we've got many episodes to go on there. So thank you, everyone, for tuning in. And uh, take care, Mark. Thanks, Steve. Cheers, mate.